Okay, everyone, places and action. You talking to me? Here it looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Why so serious? I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Hello, and welcome to the movie show here at the Cinema Plus Podcast. I'm David Roberts, and I'm joined by my good friend, Greg Fisher. How are we doing, Greg? All right, thanks. Good to be here with you, Dave. Fantastic to be with you. Glad you're doing well. Had a good week? Yeah, not too bad so far, thanks. Um, Plenty of movies. Looking forward to getting into it with you. Like you said, welcome to uh, the movie show as part of the Cinema Plus podcast. Available to listen on all the best podcast vendors. Plus, you can watch us in high definition on our YouTube channel. Whoop, whoop. We're just going to talk about movies, films, all the latest news, and uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun all around our favourite topic of cinema. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get straight into it. Okay, so our first segment on the show is What Have You Been Watching? We're just going to talk about what we've been watching this week. So, Greg, what have you been watching? I've been catching up on a few uh, classics, a few golden oldies. So I was watching Sorcerer, the William Friedkin, 1977, uh, which stars Roy Scheider, uh, about four guys that just drive a bunch of dynamite through the jungle. I was watching Thief with James Kahn, 1981, classic Michael Mann film, one of my favorite all-time caper movies. Uh, I was talking to a, to a friend um, a few weeks ago who said, you know, they don't really make any great safe cracker movies anymore. And for me, Thief is the ultimate safe cracker movie. I was also watching Gloria from 1980 with um, Jenna Rollins, the John Cassavetes film that we've all already been discussing between ourselves previously, which was real good fun. But the most recent film I've been watching um, that I found was a, quite an incredible film was True History of the Kelly Gang. Now, this is available at the moment to watch uh, for Amazon Prime customers. Um, it's, it's up there streaming at the moment if people wanted to see it. Directed by uh, Justin Kurzel. It has George McKay in it from um, 1917. It's also got Nicholas Holt, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Thomas and McKenzie, and the great Russell Crowe is in there as well. It's uh, it's that old story of the, the Ned Kelly gang, which is, has been done quite a few times already. We had the Mick Jagger version in the 70s, your uh, Heath Ledger version a few years ago. But this is very different. This is different kind of cinema. This is um, based on a book, True History of the he- Kelly Gang. And the funny thing is, it's a bit like a Fargo situation with the Coen brothers in that the very first thing it says in the film is none of this, the events in this are true. And then it sort of molds over to true history of the Kelly gang. So it's kind of ambiguous in that way. I don't think it was based on fact. It's more based on the sort of a good old story of the book, but amazing cinematography, amazing performances. I think this is going to be one of those sleeper classics. And, you know, of all the stuff I've been watching this week, that's, that's one I think people should see. Well, there we go. Three films I haven't seen yet. And uh, I know you've recommended I watch all of them. So, uh, I look forward to tucking into them. Uh, four, film, soon. four films there. Four films, actually. Yes, of course. Have you seen any of them? <laughs> Have you seen any of those films? I haven't yet. No, uh, they're, they're on my list uh, as uh, we'd been talking about them previously. And uh, okay, yes, you got some more on my list to, to watch. Then. I certainly have. Um, All right. Well, what, what about you? What have you been watching? 
Yeah, I've unfortunately had a quite a bit of a busy week, so I haven't managed to watch as many films uh, this week as usual. But um, I did tuck into the David Lynch classic Mulholland Drive, um, inspired a bit by I came across some videos on YouTube talking about uh, a few years ago. It was voted the uh, best film of the 21st century so far. So, um, which is high praise indeed. But I I'd think it's well deserved. It's definitely one of them. It's definitely one of them. I agree. I think it's an absolute classic. Um, I kind of tucked into it again and got sucked straight back in. Still don't truly understand what any of it means. Um, you know, it, it, it's strange because watching it, I was thinking this is like, apart from um, Inland Empire, which he did afterwards, uh, this is kind of Lynch's last film. Um um, you know, he's been more involved in kind of short films and TV and other art adventures since. Um, and the Daily so, Weather Report that we were just And the Daily Weather Report, which is really Have enjoyable. a good day, everybody. <laughs> I love it. I can't, I can't wait every day when it comes out. I was like, yeah, Lynch's Weather Report. It's fantastic. and uh, But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's such a clever film. It's that unconventional structure. It's hard to get your head around what it actually means. It still leaves you pondering at the end. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of true art. And, it, you know, yeah. Naomi Watts is mesmerising as, uh, as uh, Betty in it, you know. Yeah, and, uh, it's a great. really great performance. Well, like and, I was saying uh, to you when we were discussing it, I feel like it's like, you know, all of that great European influence on Lynch done in a Hollywood the genre, Hollywood setting. Hollywood yeah. setting. So, yeah, it's brilliant. It's, you know, it's crazy, but it's only crazy for Hollywood standards. Like I said to you, compared to Jodorowsky or something, it's quite tame, but still a bit of a loose movie, still a bit, you know, um, of a headbender. There we go. That's what we've been watching this week. If Let us know what you've been watching in the comments below. We'd love to hear what you've been tucking into. Um, or let us know on Twitter, uh, at More Movies 4. We'd love to know what you've been watching as well. Okay, in this next segment is Movie of the Week. We're going to pick a, a movie that's uh, come out very recently uh, or has uh, been in the news for some reason, and uh, that's going to be our Movie of the Week, and we're just going to talk about it. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about The Devil All the Time, the brand-new film on Netflix that came out last week. It stars Tom Holland and Robert Patterson, as well as Neil Skarsgård from uh, the famous It's movie. Um the Devil All the Time, Greg. What did you think? I did write, I do a write-up about it, so you can catch up with that on um, at moremovies.co.uk. We did a review of that uh, last week, so that's there if you want to read my in-depth thoughts on it. But um, I thought it was a good film, but it wasn't a great film. And I felt that they tried to squeeze everything from the book into that two-hour segment. For me, they could have done with losing one or two of the threads and just concentrating on, you know, the meat and bones, and it would have made a better film. Um, that was my opinion. What did you think? Yeah, I think I agreed. I think we were quite excited uh, leading up to the film. We'd seen the trailer and we kind of had it on our list of oh, delusions. Delusions of grandeur. Uh, but uh, by the time it came out, it was, uh, you know, we tucked into it. And um, already it hadn't had the greatest reception online, considering what we kind of thought it was going to be. Right. And uh, I think uh, I kind of tucked into it. And, yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I didn't think any of it was bad. But no, I didn't come out of it going, oh, I've got lots to talk about, you know. Um, it's a perfectly competent film. Yep. 
great uh, you great know, production every, value as well. Great production value, which was kind of to be expected. I think these days from Netflix, we know how good they are with yeah. these things. Um, a great cast and with good performances, but the story was a bit convoluted. Uh, it, I think, it tried to explore some interesting themes, um, particularly around destructive nature of like ultra religious philosophies and stuff. Absolutely, but um, I don't think it, it reached a destination on those ideas. No. Uh, the thread didn't kind of reach its end. Um, so, you know, Ethan was fine about it, good about it even, but nothing special. No. Uh, and I felt in the middle of it, it felt like the story and the plot was sagging a bit. I was a bit bored. I was kind of looking at my watch and it picked up a bit near the end. Yeah. Um, but, you know, although the cast was fantastic, I don't think the material was there to to really chew on, as we said. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing coming out of it is I thought um, maybe we should add a little death count in the corner. Like we did with Commando, yeah, uh, with Schwarzenegger, because that Kill many count. people were popping their clogs. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, you know, kind of average one of the mill film, nothing to shout out about. I think. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's our movie of the week this week. Okay, next uh, item on the agenda is uh, a little film review from a good friend of ours. He is an olive oil salesman from New York. Um, his name's Don Corleone, and he's going to be um, reviewing movies for us on uh, as a little segment on the show. So without further ado, here's Don Corleone's Film Reviews. Hello, my name is Don Corleone. And I'm here to review some films for the movie show on the Cinema Plus podcast. This week's movie is called Dennis the Menace. And this is about an enforcer called Dennis. There he is. Cute kid, right? Well, he's actually a very dangerous individual. And he works for this guy, Mr. Wilson, who is a piece of work himself. Now, this Mr. Wilson, he's growing all sorts of exotic plants and selling them to the local kids in the neighborhood, smoking it up. I mean, look at this. There's Dennis himself, whapped up on some Maui Waui. Disgraceful. So this Jaboni moves into the neighborhood and he thinks he can muscle in on Mr. Wilson's action. And he sells a load of cocaine to some teenagers. And that's not a very good move. Mr. Wilson is very displeased with this. It gives him a bad back. So he goes around to see the teenagers and demands that they give him the cocaine. Which they do. Now he has more cocaine on him than Scarface. So the cops, they try and tell us, Jaboni, you know, you're gonna operate around here, you gotta give us our cut, it's 15%. So he moves his operation out of town, finds a nice quiet riverside location. Mr. Wilson is not very happy about this. So he sent Dennis to negotiate. Now this kid is one mean kid. I mean, he makes Luke Caprese look like a Walt Disney, you know. So he goes to see this Jaboni, starts the negotiations, offers him his own territory with his own family. But this guy, he just won't have it. He's just not interested in anything that Mr. Wilson is offering him. He doesn't respect Dennis. He doesn't respect himself. 
I don't respect anything. So Dennis uses brute force to try and get his point across. First he uses a slingshot, gives the guy a nice headache. And then uh, nothing better than a nice hot emper on the back of the pants. This guy's starting to get the message, you know, so uh, Mr. Wilson goes out, he's looking for uh, Dennis. Can't find him anywhere, he's not in the usual places. He knows that uh, things must be happening. So uh, Dennis uh, tries to finish this guy off with a log, throws a few things at him. Still, this guy just won't die, so uh, he lights him on fire. And then he tries to beat him to death with a sack full of rocks. But this guy, he's, uh, he's so high on PCP that uh, he just won't die. So uh, he decides, uh, I'll jump in the river and sleep with the fishes. But still, he's not dead. He tries to take revenge on Dennis. Gets his knife. Well, uh, he's gonna attack him when the kid's not looking. Little does he know, Dennis has tied him up to a rope that is attached to a train. Now this guy's in serious trouble now. He gets whapped up against the bridge. And then, uh, he comes back down with a hell of a crash. Uh, he forgot about the knife, huh? Well, here it comes. Boom, bada bing. This guy is toast. So Dennis takes him back to Mr. Wilson. Just to prove that he is taking care of the situation. Mr. Wilson is very pleased to see him. That means there's no more competition and he can carry on doing his business in the neighborhood without any interruptions. And just remember kids, the moral of this crime story is that drugs is a dirty business. And if you get involved in it, you too might have to deal with an enforcer like Dennis. I mean, this kid is not to be messed with. He is uh, absolutely a lethal force. Okay, that's the end of my review for this week. I'll see you next time. Thanks for that, Don. Fantastic review there. We'll uh, catch up with you next time for another film review. Okay, so here we are with Red Pill, Blue Pill. Everybody loves to play this on Twitter. So we're, this week's theme for Red Pill, Blue Pill is over your right shoulder, Star Wars. Everybody <sighs> loves Star Wars. If you don't love Star Wars, I pity you. I pity the fool. But, you know. If you don't like Star Wars, leave. We, well, we don't want no, you. No, no, don't leave. Come <laughs> back, come back. No, 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 no. Okay, so, um, yeah, Star Wars themed. Are you ready, Dave, for Red Pill, Blue Pill? I'm ready and primed. Red pill, okay. blue pill. Here we go. Darth Vader or Kylo Ren? Darth Vader. Old Han or Young Han? Mm, young Han. Muppet Yoda or CGI Yoda? Muppet Yoda. <laughs> okay. Uh, green Saber or Blue Saber? Blue Saber. Interesting choice. Darth Maul? Or Count Dooku? Darth Maul. Leia or Padme? Leia. Leia or Rey? Leia. Rey or Padme? Mmm, Padme. Woohoo! <laughs>
Empire or First Order? Empire. Rebels or Resistance? Rebels. Lightsaber or a good blaster at your side? A good blaster at your side. Speeder bike or snow speeder? Mm, speeder bike. Force choke or force lightning? Oh, it's got to be force lightning, hasn't it? It's got to be. X-Wing or Millennium Falcon? Millennium Falcon. Prequels or sequels? Prequels. Yeah. Jedi <laughs> or Sith? Sith. Tatooine or Hoth? Tatooine. He likes it hot. Boba or Django? Oh, uh, Boba. This is the way, or may the force be with you. Oh, oh, that is tricky. Um, the force will be with you, I, I guess, because it's the it's the gone. classic. It's three PO or R two D two. I am going to go controversially with three PO. <laughs> that is controversial. Golden <laughs> Rod, eh? Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> or Old Ben Kenobi. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm. Bespin Cloud City or the Forest Moon of Endor? The Forest Moon of Endor. That leads us nicely to Ewoks or Jawas? Ewoks. Death Star 1 or Death Star 2? Death Star 1. Admiral Akbar or Admiral Radus? Akbar. And to finish us off, Clone Wars or Rebels? Mm, I'll probably go Rebels. There we have it. There we have it, folks. There's Ooh, that was good. Pills. Actually, that? some tricky choices in there. Yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I, su- I I suggest people to <laughs> put their answers in the comments below and let us know what uh, their choices are. I think there might be some uh, arguments over some of them. And this is the movie news segment. We're going to talk about some news stories that have been in the news this week, obviously, about movies, films, cinema, anything like that. And we kick things off with the latest rumours around James Bond, Greg. Uh, It was announced that Peaky Blinders actor Tom Hardy had been confirmed in a leak to play the new Licence to Kill. Um, But then... That was unconfirmed, and there's been uh, an interview recently with Superman star Henry Cavill, who said he would jump at the chance to play the next James Bond. And there's continuing lingering rumours about perhaps Idris Elba taking the part. What are your thoughts on who should play the next Bond? If I could have a choice, I'd say Daniel Craig do another one or two. Yeah, well, I'd love I to see, see him do, to do, do as many as like Connery did six of the official ones, and then he did Never Say Never Again, so that's seven. Roger Moore did seven of the official ones, and they're both always considered the main two, you know, the yeah. the benchmark, so to speak. And I think, you know, Pierce didn't quite get that opportunity to do that many, even though, you know, he was well on the way to it. Uh, so if, you know, what what's Craig done now? He's done four. This will be the fifth. Do one more after this. One or two more. I'd, I'd be happy to see him do it, you know, till he, till his back gives out and he's like, oh, I just can't. I can't do it. I can't do the running anymore. Then let him do it. But he's obviously doesn't want to for whatever reason. 
I mean, I, yeah. I get the impression every, every time they were saying, you know, oh, that's the last one I'm going to do. It's just so that they get the checkbook out and say, really, how many zeros? This how time? much more money? Yeah. Oh, well, maybe I could persuade <clears> to do one more, you know, but there we go. I mean, he's not going to do it. I'd like to see Tom Hardy do it. If I mean, I'd be happy for Henry Cavill if he got it to prove me wrong. If he got it, I'm not going to go, oh, I'm not going to watch it. Of course <laughs> yeah. I'll watch it. And he might do a great job, but I don't know. I don't, I don't love the guy. I don't think he's, you know. He's very good in the terms of, like I say, checking the boxes, but whether he can pull it off. I mean, he's been Superman. He's been the Witcher. He's been the man from Uncle. You know, is he 007? I don't know. Well, not, none of those roles have convinced me, if I'm honest. Bring back uh, Timothy so. Dalton and let him do a couple more, like an older grizzled <laughs> Bond, you know, like, why not? Oh, just ask, ask Brosnan back and get him to sing a song for us. <laughs> Love you, Pierce. He's a cool guy. He's a legend. I think out, out of all of them, I think I'd, I, I'd plop for Tom Hardy. Um, and I can't really think of any alternatives currently out there that would uh, be ideal, to be honest. I think out of all the actors currently kind of over the right age and the right kind of um, position, uh, I guess, um, I think Tom Hardy would be the one. Well, something I seen this week in movie news, which I thought was pretty cool, even though it's not technically movie news, but we got two massive movie stars of the sci-fi genre, Mark Hamill and Patrick Stewart, doing an ad for Uber Eats. Have you seen this ad? Or there's a string of them actually. There's a couple of ads. I haven't. Oh my god, what are you doing? Oh, what are you doing what with am your I life? Doing with my life. It, it's so funny, but it's basically an ad for Uber Eats. You know, Hamill comes in, and you know, Hamill, he's just. He's just a amazing, <laughs> an absolute legend. And he's he comes in with a baseball bat and he's like, uh, I'm going to have a such and such sandwich with tomato. And then Patrick Stewart, an equally wonderful legend, comes in and he's like, I'm going to have this, that with tomato. So they got that tomato, <laughs> tomato thing. And there's a couple of little, little ads about it. But that also brought up the uh, – from someone I think came from Patrick Stewart saying – that they'd love to see a mashup between Star Wars and Star Trek. What do you think of that? Imagine it. I think it'd be hideous, <laughs> if I'm <laughs> honest. Right. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of Star Trek, and I love Star Wars. Mm. So to me, it wouldn't really pass. I'm sure there's people who would love it uh, who are fans of both, but I've always found Star Trek to be a bit... Um, strange to me i've never really got it um but that's just me i I guess i I like star wars more but i do like i have i do like star trek as well or i certainly have enjoyed i enjoyed the original series with shatner and nimoy and stuff and i did like uh, the next generation series another thing i wanted to mention to you as well is i'm not sure if you're aware but the lady killers uh the original ealing comedy has been given the old 4k treatment is getting a re-release on the 23rd of October on the big screen um, in limited theatres, obviously, but that will be available to see in some places with a nice, beautiful, restored picture. And a 4K release with a five-disc collector's edition is out on the 9th of November. So any fans of, uh, you know, Peter Sellers, Alec Guinness, and the whole Ealing comedy genre will be pleased to hear that. But uh, it looks 
looks pretty nice. Looks exciting. Yeah, I, I do love when they do these kind of four K remasters of uh, oh, yeah. of classic films, and uh, Later Killers is a real classic. So I think that's definitely going to be worth a, a rewatch when that comes out, and uh, we'll get a review up for that. I think. And that's it for the news this week. If we've missed anything, let us know, and uh, we'll catch you next week with more movie news. Okay, and now it's time for our movie quiz where I'm going to ask Greg some questions around a particular movie topic and to check out his knowledge of the silver screen. And for all you movie buffs at home, feel free to join in, pause before we give the answers, and let us know your scores in the comments below. But no cheating, okay? Mm-mm-mm. Um so with the recent release of the trailer for the new Batman movie starring <gasps> Robert Patterson, mm-hmm. exciting things. Uh, I thought I'd ask some questions around our favourite Cape Crusader. I love it. So are you ready, Greg? I am. I was born ready. Born ready to ride. So let's get started. Question one. Which was the first Batman movie to not mention the titular character's name in the film title? Hmm. Was that The Dark Knight? Correct. In the 1989 Batman film by Tim Burton, the Joker asks Bruce Wayne if he had ever danced with the devil. How does that phrase end? In the pale moonlight. Ding! Correct. It's something I ask of all my victims. It has a certain (laughs) ring to it. Ring to it. Yeah. Question three. Uh, Who were the six members of the Justice League who recently starred in the 2017 Justice League movie? Batman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. The Flash. Yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. And some other dude, I just don't know who he is, like a Terminator sort of guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, pretty much. Um, Cyborg. Cyborg. See, my DC, that's my DC knowledge running out on you there. <laughs> okay, question four. Uh, in the 1989 Batman movie, what is the Joker's real name? Jack... Napier. Correct. Yay! Okay, question five. This is a this is a harder question. Um, which two actors appeared in Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin? Two uh, actors. Well, one of them's got to be actors. Michael Goff, who played Alfred. Correct. Was it Pat Hingle, who played um, Commissioner Gordon? Correct. Spot on. <laughs> yeah! Yeah! Excellent. <laughs> Excellent stuff. It's okay. showing my age, really. It's my era of Batman, so I should know that. Question six is Katie Holmes played the role of Rachel Dawes in Batman Begins. Who replaced her in Maggie, The Dark Knight? Maggie Gyllenhaal. Correct. Question seven. Which famous actor voices the character of the Joker in the 1990s Batman animated series? (laughs) We've already been talking about him. It's Mark Hamill. The classic Mark Hamill. For some people, that's the greatest Joker incarnation. It's certainly up there. It's a hard call on Jokers about where you place them. It's quite difficult, I think. Well. He's certainly up there, isn't he? I mean, I like I like a lot. Apart from Jared Leto, 
I like all the performances of the Joker, and that includes Cesar Romero, who played him played him in the original series. Um, okay, question eight. Okay. In what movie did Ben Affleck first play the role of Batman? It wasn't Batman versus Superman, was it? It was Batman versus. Is Superman, that the first time he played versus... Batman? Was it? Yes, yeah. uh, he's actually not getting his own Batman movie, is he? So, um... all right. Any more questions? Just two more. Okay. okay. Question nine. Which Batman movie was set at Christmas? Batman Returns. Correct. And the last question, question 10. Um, which actor who was nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actor um, played Robin in Batman Forever? Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. Unfortunate mm. chap. <laughs> well, yeah. Robin is always a difficult character for people. I think it's a rubbish character. <laughs> I've never liked Robin. Uh, but there we go. That was the quiz of the week. Let us know your scores down below. Um, uh, you're, you got nine out of ten. <laughs> Pow! Which is not bad. Not Thank bad. You. Thank you. So there we go, sir. And, Cheers. Uh, yeah, that was the quiz of the week. Okay, that brings us to shorts and shout-outs. This is the section of the show where we like to talk about independent cinema. It's very important that people uh, support independent cinema. Most of the great directors and filmmakers and actors have all come from some sort of independent back- background. Um, so, you know, we try and encourage people, being independent filmmakers ourselves, to to indulge in independent film and support independent filmmakers wherever they can. Uh, so... I'd like to give a shout out this week to a guy from Vancouver, Canada called Ross Monroe. He contacted us through Twitter. He's got a film at the moment, which is European Tour 73, um, where it's basically a uh, look back at his family's trip in 1973 from Canada to Europe. So they go around Europe. They do a few uh, European countries, like obviously the UK, Germany, France, uh, uh, they they dot around a bit. I mean, obviously, you get the the first thing you think of is National Lampoon's European Vacation with Chevy Chase, but it is nothing like that. Of course, it is a documentary. Um, they've done some nice um, animated graphics in there, and there's a real it's a really nice sort of story about um, his family and his experiences as a child, as he was then. Um, looking back on that uh, experiences of coming over to Europe. Uh, it was really interesting to see, you know, some of the footage his dad got there. I think it was like Super 8 camera or something. And, you know, you see old London in the 70s and stuff and made me think, God, how dirty it was back then. You know, when you see the Houses of Parliament stuff, it's almost black. Nice little film. I think he's doing like a bit of a, a, a film festival circuit thing at the moment. Um, so if you wanted to get in touch with Ross, he's at, at Ross Brew. Uh, which is now on the screen, uh, and get in touch with him on Twitter, and he, you might be lucky enough for him to send you a screener if you wanted to review his film or sort of see it and talk to him about that. So, yeah, there's a shout-out for, for Ross there. Brilliant. Yeah, I just uh, wanted to kind of point out a short film I came across this week. Um, I came across a short film called uh, Baby. Um, I think it came out about three months ago. Um it's basically a queer coming of age uh, story, um, 
uh, set in the Bronx, but it's like uh, Dominican American um, teenagers, um, and it's kind of uh, this little story that's kind of about the awkward relationships in, uh, especially amongst uh, youngsters who are um, kind of afraid to show publicly their kind of affections for each other and uh, uh, coming to terms with their feelings and stuff. Um, but it's a great little piece, only about eight minutes long. It's on Vimeo, so we'll put a, a link up on the screen and in the description so you can check it out. Sounds great. So we'll put a link there, as you said, uh, for anyone interested who wants to see that. Obviously, shout-outs to our Twitter mutuals, Skip Bolden, Liam Jackson, Tico Romeo, Reconsidering Cinema, Kid Creole, Cottonette, Rosemary, Daniel Marley, and everybody at Film Twitter. We really do enjoy talking to you guys, learning about more films that we haven't seen or heard of, reading your reviews, listening to your podcasts. Thanks very much for your support of us and retweets and likes on our posts. We're having a really great time on, on Twitter there with all these people, so... Uh, there we go. Get following these people if you love films. Absolutely. And if any of you want to um, recommend anything for us to see or uh, send us any of your short films or anything, just check us out on Twitter, More Movies 4. Send us a message and uh, we'll be sure to try and have a look at it. Okay, and now we hit Movie Rant. Uh, this is our part of the show where... We're going to have a rant about a film or something related to cinema that we've got a bone to pick with. Um, and this week, um, inspired by um, thoughts about Spider-Man recently, <clears throat> I've picked out perhaps the wor- one of the worst films I've ever seen, <laughs> in my opinion. And that is The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is the biggest pile of so steep I have ever seen <laughs> or at least up there I mean th- this film is truly just dreadful <laughs> absolutely dreadful I mean whoever thought of putting Andrew Garfield in the title role who's done some other interesting things but he ain't bloody Spider-Man um, is off their heads and <laughs> The film is basically a bloody rom-com. You, 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 you've come to watch a, a superhero film and have some fun, and there's more time spent on screen with Garfield and Emma Stone, Emma with Stone. the most sickly, unbelievable, annoying romance storyline I have ever seen. It's shot terribly. The dialogue's stiff and stilted. The plot makes no sense. The CGI looks like a four-year-old's drawn it with crayons. It's just an absolutely terrible film. Well, I thought it was a terrible film too, but for different reasons by the sounds of it. I mean, obviously, (laughs) I do agree with most of what you said there. I don't agree that Garfield wasn't good for the role. I think he was. I thought he played an excellent Peter Parker. Um, I really did enjoy him as Spider-Man, but unfortunately, I thought the films were dog... Toasty! I really like Emma Stone. Emma Stone. So it's... It's a shame that she was kind of wasted in this. They had a really good chemistry between them, but that I think they tried to recapture that kind of Tobey Maguire, Kurtz, Kirsten Dunst romance from the MJ, Peter Parker thing, and tried to re-inject that into the franchise, and it just, yeah, it, it came across as a bit sickly. I mean, when I was a kid, Spider-Man was my number one favourite superhero. I had the comics, I had the annuals, I watched... Um, 
the the, the live action show. I loved it. You know, um, uh, the late seventies thing. I mean, they they played reruns of that when I was uh, old enough to see it, and I absolutely loved it. With um, all of its kind of cheesiness. I mean, that's how much I love Spider Man. So. I love the Sam Raimi films, and then when they cast Garfield, I thought, yeah, okay, let's go with this. This this could be good. The first one was, uh, was all right. The second one, it's just, for me, it's like when Joel Schumacher took over Batman. The first one yes. he did wasn't yeah. too bad, but by the time we get to uh, the, all the neon glitz of the second film that he did, uh, Batman and Robin, it was it, that's what happened with Spider-Man 2. I mean... Jamie Foxx, what the hell was Jamie Foxx doing? Yeah. <laughs> or what were they doing oh. with Jamie Foxx? And Paul Giamatti. Why is he there? Why was Paul Giamatti the rhino? If you look at the comics, the rhino is a massive guy. He's like a rhino. He's huge. He's in a silly rhino costume, got a big horn on it. And he's like, and they choose, all right, Paul Giamatti's a great actor, but he's a he's a diminutive actor. He's small. Yeah. You know, and no matter how angry he gets, he's not the bloody rhino. Uh, no, uh, I just, I just thought, what an absolute waste of money because it was such a big production. They threw so much money at it. It had all, you know, tick all the boxes in terms of budget, special effects, etc., stars. But it goes to show you, if you haven't got it right in terms of the script, then you haven't got a good movie. No matter how many stars you put in it, how much money you throw at it, if you haven't got a good script, you haven't got a good movie. And this is a classic example of, I mean, if we're wrong, let us know. Get in touch and defend Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, because, you know, there must be people out there that like it, even if they're just trolling the rest of us that hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I'd love to hear a defense for it. But to me, it's a film where it seems like every decision that was made to make the film was wrong. They made the wrong choices. Almost on purpose. It was almost like Sony were sabotaging Spider-Man so that if Marvel did get their greasy hands on it, no one was going to bother with it, but kind of backfired in their face because now Tom Holland is, you know... I mean, to be honest, I'm not... I love Spider-Man, but I'm not a great fan of the new ones either, but they're better than this. I'd rather see uh, Far From Home and stuff than ever have to watch Spider-Man 2 again. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah, my, my favourite to the Sam Raimi um, directed films. Um, Absolutely. I, I think the first two of them are I love all fantastic. three. I mean, granted, everybody says, oh, the third one's, uh, they don't like it. And and there are good reasons for that. I mean, you know, Venom was a little bit undercooked. They, they I think they tried to do too much. They had Sandman in there and stuff and the Hobgoblin come back and it was just probably a bit too much. But uh, I still enjoy it. I still think it's yeah, a, it's a ten times better than Amazing Spider-Man Two. Absolutely, I, it's still a good film. Uh, I still enjoy Spider-Man Three, but um, it's just not as good as the first two. Yeah, that's all it is. There we go. We got it out of our system. We can't stand Ooh. Amazing Spider-Man Two. Please tell us we're wrong and tell us why. If 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 you feel you know so aggrieved that you want to defend this movie, but I think you'll find most people will say, "Yeah, peace." Well, there we go. That wraps up another show, I think. Uh, Thanks very much for tuning in. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Remember, sharing is caring. Catch up with us throughout the week on Twitter at MoreMovies4. Follow us on Facebook if you want. We don't really bother with that. And let us know your thoughts in the comments. If there's a particular film you want us to talk about or cover, let us know. And, yeah, this is our first show, movie show, so 
you know, we're open to suggestions. That's right, Greg. Thanks for joining us all uh, here on The Movie Show uh, on the Cinema Plus podcast. It's been great having you here, Greg. Um, I've enjoyed talking about some of these films. And uh, we'll be here again on YouTube next week and on all the other platforms. Um, so remember here on YouTube to subscribe and press the bell icon for the notifications. And uh, let us know what you think in the comments below. And we'll see you next time. It's a wrap. <laughs>